0: Welcome everybody to Hollywood's Haunted, the podcast, where we talk about everything from hauntings to murders to the evil underbelly of Tinseltown. Uh, But tonight we are going to talk about a very iconic part of the Southern California area and a big part of Hollywood history. We are talking about... Disneyland! Yay! Uh, Our hosts tonight are myself, Tia Bean, Patrick Bean, and the wonderful (laughs) Roxana Sanchez! Uh, Yeah, so we're going to talk about Disneyland tonight. I have a feeling most of our listeners who are ghost enthusiasts
1: Enthusiasts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so
0: tired. Uh, ghost enthusiasts. Uh, I feel like most of them are, you know, probably also fans of Disney. It kind of is weird that, like, the goth culture and aesthetic really goes hand in hand with Disney. Like, I know so many. Goth people who are obsessed with Disney and Disneyland. Absolutely, you
2: I know. mean, look at
0: Hot Topic;
1: they have the, all those that all that Disney stuff in the Disney section.
2: That's a, that's oh a, yeah, a really good point. I mean, but it makes sense. Like the villains in Disney are dope. They're, They're cool. Awesome. Also, speaking of that, did you guys see the new poster of the Cruella? Cruella? I'm not sure no. how. I feel. It's uh, Emma Stone. Emma Stone. I'm excited that
0: Emma Stone's playing it. I don't really know how I feel about the aesthetic of the poster. To me, it looks like something I would have made in Photoshop
3: as a <laughs> kid. As a kid, how? I don't.
0: Yeah. I yeah. I mean, I are we talking about the same one here? Let me pull up. I mean, I think there's only one poster. The one where it says Emma Stone and her innate her Emma is like a pentagram. I
2: didn't really look at it. Oh, much, I guess. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> let me see. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we're talking about the same one. and yeah, I guess it does look. Like it looks a like Loper something Loper that fucking, I like could have done. A cover of Cindy Yeah, Loper's.
1: and oh yes, okay, yeah. It yeah.
2: seriously looks like a poster I made in. I didn't. I didn't really read the. I just saw that it was Emma Stone. I didn't, it
0: I've seen a, pictures of her like, as without
2: that I would. I'm cool with it.
0: Yeah, I've you know? seen pictures of her in the costume, and I, I think, I mean that in her holding the dogs, it was pretty cool. But the poster to me looks like they're going some like, some like angsty teenager, uh, Cruella Deville. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. You know, sometimes the pr- posters don't really do justice to the movie. You yeah. know, the marketing sometimes it's completely different right yeah. you know but, uh, so i'm
2: curious where they're going with it like how maleficent was like uh like her side of the story you know like she, yeah. she's not a bad guy i wasn't I was like, ma- wait a minute but this chick like she, yeah she
1: that. wanted to skin poppies yeah how are you gonna nice.
2: rationalize yeah. that Disney's imagineering
0: yeah Anyway, speaking of which, uh, I'm going to go first. I am going to talk about uh, Walter Elias Disney himself. Did you say Elias? Yes.
2: yes. I never knew that. I'm already learning. This is the more yeah, well, you know. <laughs>
0: Walter Elias Disney. I'm going to talk a little bit about him, his life, his death.
2: The microphone is like underneath here. So
0: just- his ghost. Uh... Not, I'm not talking about his ghost, I'm <laughs> talk a little bit about uh his corpse a bit, but <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah, so let me just kind of get into it. So, Walter Elias Disney uh, was born on December 5th, 1901. He was born in Chicago, and at an early age, his uh interests were in drawing uh, and animation, uh, and particularly uh, cartoons. Uh, so he took art classes as a boy, and he eventually got a job as a commercial illustrator at the age of 18. Uh, he worked for a Kansas City advertising agency, and this is where he met a man named Ub Iwerks. So if you're a big Disney fan, you probably know who Ub Iwerks is. Ub Iwerks was – he was Disney. Walt Disney was the name and the face and the drive, and – and the handshakes, you know, and the making the deals, but UBA iWorks was the animation, the innovation, you know, really what made Disney a forerunner for technology, for advancements in movie making and animation, that was Ub iWorks.
3: Interesting.
0: Yeah. One of one of the uh one of his inventions was the camera that does multi-plane animation. Uh I don't know if you've seen it. There are pictures of it. It's this huge...
2: They have that at the archive in Burbank, huh? I think so. Yeah. We got to see that. That was was one of the few perks we had at the El Capitan. Was to go
0: to the... (laughs) Yeah. We used to work at the El Capitan Theater, and so we got to go to the Disney Studios and go through uh, what they have on display in the archives. They don't show everything, but there is... A little yeah, room that has like, some
2: cool stuff. That's right. And they would switch it up depending on, like, sometimes a different movie. Yeah. Guys, so they'd have, like, the wardrobe for that movie out. Cool. Yeah, it was
0: pretty cool, actually. Um, so he works at this advertising agency. He meets Ub I works there. Eventually him and Ub uh, and his brother Roy uh, moved to California in the early 1920s. And that is where they start the Disney Brothers Studio. Uh, Him and Roy start that. Um, And iWorks comes and and works for them, Uh, as well as, like, a few other uh, people. I wish I would have mentioned them. But Disney was very good at assembling a team. And he was very good at uh, kind of, uh, what's it called, like, D- directing, uh, directing yeah but handing out jobs you know to people to the to writing
2: the people. People.
0: Delegating. Delegating, delegating delegating jobs to people so you know he could only do so much you know and he he was very limited in his drawing ability uh but he hired the best of the best so that definitely is what made disney studios what it is and even to this day um So him and Ub Iwerks come up with a character called Mickey Mouse. He originally named Mortimer, but Mickey Mouse. Ub Iwerks helps him make Steamboat Willie, which was the first Mickey Mouse uh, animation. Very classic. Uh, Ub also helps with a few uh, macabre things that I'll mention uh, a little bit later. Um, actually, no, I'll just mention them now. The Skeleton Dance, you've all seen that, mm-hmm. right? Uh, as well as Hell's Bells and The Haunted House um, are two other animations that have rather spooky themes to them. Um, so the studio grew and they started to develop more complex techniques for animation, one being the multi-plane uh, animation, as well as like animating over live action You know, they would take film Mm -hmm. and they would animate over it, which they used in Cinderella.
2: I saw uh, uh, Alice in Wonderland one somewhere on the internet the other day, and I didn't know they did that for that as
0: well. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That was very interesting. So they started introducing synchronized sound, feature-length cartoons, because a lot of cartoons were shorts at that time, Mm -hmm. uh, and as well as many technical developments in cameras as well. So between the 1940s and 50s, they created, um, well, Snow White came out in 1937, but that was uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. That was their biggest hit. Uh, But they also created Pinocchio and Fantasia in 1940, Dumbo in 1941, Bambi in 1942. Uh, For these films, they received several Academy Awards. Um, One of my favorite photographs is... Uh, a picture of the Academy Award from uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. It's one big Academy Award and seven mini Academy Awards. It's (laughs) a little ridiculous. Um, So in the 1950s, they expanded into amusement parks. Um, So in, in July of 1955, Walt Disney was able to open Disneyland in Anaheim, California. Prior to this, though, he had thought of making amusement parks in a few other places. He thought about making an amusement park in St. Louis. And I actually found out recently that he had a project called uh, Project Satellite. And that was his name of him going out and trying to find uh, places to do other amusement parks like Disney or Disneyland. And one place that he looked into was the Del Monte properties in Monterey, California.
3: Oh, ah, okay.
0: Wouldn't that have been cool? <laughs> Jesus, right? yeah, right? Yeah, uh, where you grew up. Yeah. <laughs> for those listening, Roxana, I grew up in Monterey, but Roxana and I both lived in Monterey for a yeah. time. Uh, so that would have been cool. Uh, it was supposed to be where the Pebble Beach golf course is. Holy um, shit. And oh, yeah. really cool. 17 Mile Drive. <laughs> yeah. And when they described it, um, it kind of sounded like um, they were trying to do something that is very similar to what California Adventure was when California Adventure first opened, uh-huh. um, which is all California themes and it talks about the history of California. California Adventure now is more of a Marvel studio you know, at least it's going in that direction. Yeah, it's,
1: you know, it's kind of turning that. into a yeah a place where the other franchises can build yeah. their rides. Yeah,
0: yeah. I have opinions, but that's, <laughs> that's not what we're doing today. Um, so to fund the projects, uh, the Walt Disney Studio decided to uh, diversify into uh, television programs. So one of the television programs was Walt Disney's. Disneyland, which is genius. He made a TV show about all of the inventions and uh, technology that was going into building the park. And this was a also a way to hype up right. the opening yeah. of the theme park. So everybody got to see all these animatronics and cool things. And, you yeah. know, it's a big commercial yeah, for Disneyland.
2: That's when people are just eating it up. At- yeah.
0: They put that on Disney Plus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd be interested Disney in watching that. Right? Yeah, I would totally. Oh. Uh, so another one was the Mickey Mouse Club. Uh, but Disney was also involved in the planning of the 1959 Moscow World's Fair, 1960 Olympics, 1964 New York World's Fair. And in 1965, they began development for a another theme park, Walt Disney World, Uh, and also Epcot Center, which was supposed to be a kind of uh, futuristic city. Um, I'm going to get a little bit more into that because I think Epcot is the idea behind it. Uh, The experimental prototype community of tomorrow is Extremely weird, but I'll talk about that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Walt uh, had always been a heavy smoker throughout his whole adult life uh, since World War I. He uh,
2: was He's like one of those unfortunate people that looks great.
0: Yeah, he looks really cool. Like it's, uh, it's hard. Funny thing is, Walt, does. I have seen a few photographs yeah, really of cool smoking. Walt like holding a pipe. Uh, but he used to smoke cigarettes more often than not, and you will probably not find very many photographs of him smoking cigarettes because
2: uh, the Disney machine has edited that. Ha- has ed-
0: exactly Uh They so you'll see a lot of photographs of him yep. oddly pointing with two fingers. <laughs>
3: Which I think
0: is so funny, so funny because one of the first things they teach you That's at Disneyland oh is that you do not point, you do a gentle gesture, which is two to three not fingers
2: fun. in the yeah, direction. You tell them while smoking your cigarette. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> point with slow your cigarette, slow. not your so, fingers. Uh, Yeah. So he smoked unfiltered (laughs) cigarettes. He would smoke a pipe as a young man, and unfortunately, in November of 1966, he was diagnosed with lung cancer. He was given uh, he was given cobalt therapy, medical use of gamma rays from the radioisotope cobalt 60 to treat conditions such as cancer. It was the way at the time in the 60s that they would treat treat cancer. And on on November 30th, uh, he felt unwell and was taken to the St. Joseph's Joseph's Hospital, where on December 15th, 10 days after his 65th birthday, he died of circulatory collapse caused by the cancer. At the time, he was working on the film The Jungle Book, Mm. which would come out later in 1967. He was also working on several attractions at Disneyland, one being a walk-through haunted house, uh, which we might hear about a little bit later. Uh, yeah, and uh, he was also what? working on the Epcot at Disney World at the time, and um, so
2: so those were all attractions going on as he was. So he started yeah. them and then died. Okay,
0: and they they. They came to fruition, most of them, but not all of them being maybe exactly how Walt Disney had intended, because with Walt Disney's death, then his, uh, okay, WED, uh, was Walt Disney's Imagineering and Development Incorporation, uh, WED stood for, what is WED, WED stood for Walter Elias Disney. Sense. wet enterprises so they're the ones behind the technology behind uh, the rides uh, at Disneyland they no longer exist but they without having Walt Disney walk them, they were able to keep move forward it, things weren't at a halt because they were in the middle of a lot of projects but without him being there they kind of were able to do things their way I won't get too much into that, but one thing that did get changed was Epcot, um, which I want to talk about that in a little bit, but first, so, uh, I do want to talk a little bit about <laughs> the relationship between the macabre and Disney and Uh, that it's not some weird anomaly that goth girls love Disney. Uh, Walt Disney himself had a a sort of obsession with death and the unknown or a fear of it. And a lot of themes throughout his movies, his attractions at Disneyland, uh, have deathly death themes. Um, Actually, I was going to ask you guys, other than the haunted mansion, deadly, deadly. name an attraction <laughs> or ride at Disneyland that ha- mentions death or has some sort of death theme to it.
2: Yep. You.
1: Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah.
2: Tower of so, Terror. Tower of Terror. Yeah. Did you I ruin everything?
1: Mr. Toad's Wild
0: Ride. Yeah, they go uh, to
1: hell. Uh, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. They Snow go to hell. In the coffin.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um trying to think what else yeah I mean there's a few you know I mean that's a few as it is for yeah. for a theme right. park right. You, right the you know you usually have one you know one uh, ride that's like oh that's the spooky ride but
2: right or you like know, an estate fair you have like
0: the haunted one you know the one haunted thing yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so th- there are quite a few yeah themes and in the movies and you know at the park uh, as well. So so when Walt Disney was seven years old uh, he was on his family's farm in Missouri and Walt spotted a big brown owl uh, sitting on a low limb of a tree and being a seven-year-old he sneaks up behind the owl and he throws his arms around the owl and the owl of course freaks out and starts clawing at him and he gets caught up in his excitement and throws the owl down and stomps on it killing this owl uh he would later be quoted saying that thing haunted me for a long time so this is something that he thought about a lot yes he was 7 <laughs> year, he was 7 years old the thing was clawing him no no that's that's he reacted as a 7 year old might but I'm,
2: I'm thinking like owls are big. Yeah, owls are you big. Know what I mean, like, I remember one. Yeah,
0: yeah. So he obviously felt pretty guilty about it. So yeah, that kind of haunted him for a while, you know. And there are a few movies where death mm-hmm. and animals is the theme of the movie. You know, Dambi. Uh, god, and the yeah, Gamby. About, about Jesus. Uh, no. Hundred One Dalmatians. Uh-huh. We we're just talking about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and then there's also a few yeah. movies. I believe in the Skeleton Dance. There is an owl character that appears that's kind of eerie. Um. So, uh, anyways, on. Allison, sorry. Yeah. No, okay. <laughs> So uh, on July 13th, 1925, he married his wife Lillian, uh, an American ink artist. They wanted to have children right away, and so Walt began construction on a large house to accommodate the family. Unfortunately, Lillian would suffer a miscarriage, and Walt had a breakdown, although he was telling everyone he was okay. He, uh, that he was fine. He was quoted later saying, in 1935, I had a hell of a breakdown. I went all to pieces and I cracked up. Mm -hmm. I got to the point where I couldn't even talk on the telephone. I I couldn't even talk on the telephone. I would begin to cry. Uh, So he had, she had actually a few more miscarriages till he had, their daughter Diane in 1933, and they adopted their daughter Sharon in 1936. So he we went through a dark period around this time. Uh, Diane quoted saying that her father would uh, had an obsession with death, and she pinpoints it to another incident that happened a little bit later in during her life. In the 1940s, Walt went to a party where they had a fortune teller at this party, and the fortune teller told him that he would die at age 35. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So the premonition plagued him for the rest of his life. Uh, Biographer... Richard biographer did you hear my voice Just, oh, biographer <laughs> Ghost biographer uh, biographer <laughs> Richard uh, Schickel uh, was said that for the rest of his life he avoided funerals and when forced to attend them fell into a long brooding depression so he kind of avoided death but there was there was a lot of themes of stuff, I think, still in the Disneyland attractions and things that he was coming out of. Very
2: subtle, though. It's just his subconscious coming out.
0: Yeah. yeah. So thinking he's going to die at 35, this drove him to
2: create and
0: to make a name for himself and definitely pushed him and to make the business something special. I mean, word. Um, <laughs> I it worked. I got you know. So... After the success of Snow White, Walt and Roy Disney were able to buy their parents a house. Uh, Their parents, uh, Elias and Flora Disney. Oh, Flora is one of the names of of the fairies in Sleeping Beauty. Just just thought of that. That's cute. And Elias is Walt Disney's middle name. Uh, So they buy them a house in North Hollywood, California. And His parents started to complain about a strange smell coming from the furnace. Uh, And one day when the housekeeper arrived, she discovered Elias and Flora's bodies on the floor unconsciously. Elias would survive, but Flora died from asphyxiation from carbon monoxide poisoning. Oh, shoot. Walt was devastated, obviously, and blamed himself. And uh unfortunately this may have led to many mm-hmm. themes, many characters being motherless. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just to name I was about
2: to say, yeah, I go ahead, but you probably couldn't even list all of them. Uh,
0: um yeah. I have I mean, I have a short list here. Not all of these were made in his lifetime. Oh, that's true, yeah. And to be fair, Snow White, which is one of them that happened before. Uh his parents passed away, but Cinderella is one Pinocchio Bambi um yeah, Ariel, you know some of these happened later on, but I think it is a it is a very common theme in um fairy tales and uh one of the most famous. Storylines is the hero story, which is the King Arthur story, which is basically Star Wars, and it's the theme of you know an orphan, uh, discovering that they have power or becoming something great, and that theme yeah. is very common in these Disney movies, and then
2: I think the tragedy leads to, to its nostalgia. Yeah, now, like because, yeah, yeah, sorry.
0: I mean, you could relate, like, oh, I am. I'm poor and unfortunate. I can relate to these characters, you know, and an easy way to yeah. do that is to have them have a parent who is out of the picture and the mother is usually the more maternal parent. So having them have this separation from their mother or lack of maternal uh, influence, you know, makes them, they, what they're overcoming that much greater. Yeah. So it's like the Disney being your mother. Yeah. <laughs> um so uh one thing though that is interesting that has come about with Disney and Death and his his death particularly and also the rumor mill that is very prevalent in Hollywood is the fact that Disney's Corpse, or possibly his head, is cryogenically frozen and kept somewhere on the Disneyland property.
2: Oh, they even think it's kept on Disney property. Most
0: people think that it's kept in Sleeping Beauty's castle or someplace there. So, according to a 1979 LA Times interview with Bob Nelson, the president of the Cryonic Society of California. Uh, he was quoted saying this. Walt Disney wanted to be frozen. Lots of people think that he was and that his body is in cold storage in his basement. The truth is Walt missed out. He never specified in his writing. And when he died, the family didn't go for it. They had him cremated. I personally have seen his ashes there in forest Lawn." Two weeks later, we froze the first man. Oh, really? oh yeah. God, damn! Uh, it. If Disney had been the first, it would have made headlines around the world and been a real shot in the arm for cryogenics. But that's the way it goes.
2: Wait, so they froze a man in
0: 1970?
2: 1966. They froze somebody. They actually yeah. did it. Oh wow! Wait, so, so, so are these people still frozen? I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look into that.
3: Uh,
2: Yeah, I I don't know. I always thought it was. I thought it was like. I thought it was bullshit on several levels. You know. Yeah. I thought it was like like, you couldn't possibly do it. Yeah. Like they don't even allow people to do that. You know what I mean? But that's crazy. Right. They did what they did.
0: Um, (laughs) Awesome. My sources for this is written somewhere in one of my papers. So uh, my sources for this uh, were. Obviously, Wikipedia, a uh, wonderful YouTuber, uh, Catherine Doherty from Ask a Mortician, and a great video from Wisecrack called uh, "The Time, uh, the Time Walt Disney Built a Creepy Government," uh, which is what I'm about to talk about, <laughs> actually. Um, so, what is believed? The reason why Disney was in contact with Bob Nelson was to do research for Epcot, the experimental prototype community of tomorrow, which was supposed to be a real life heterotopia. A heterotopia is a society that is in some way not real, uh, not a real government, not a real society. Disneyland is, it's kind of a heterotopia where there's like a main street and You feel like you're in a town, but there really isn't a government and everything is Mm -hmm. so squeaky clean. So Epcot originally was supposed to be what a, uh, I forgot what it's called, but it was very popular or very common in uh, pre-Depression era for a business to own a town. So a company town, that's what they're called, company town. So a business like Sears or Walmart would own a city. They would own all the houses. They would pay the people uh, either company money, you know, company vouchers or tokens to use at the company owned stores. And they could use these vouchers or credits to pay for their rent or, uh, or Rent is you know, in this house you live for free, but you have to work for us and we pay you in company credit, which you can only use at the company store. It was a way for mm. people to basically indenture uh, these workers. Yeah. and they were common pre in depression, but after the Great Depression, uh, because these businesses were not able to upkeep these company towns, they really disappeared people were unionizing people were rebelling some of these company towns had fences around them you couldn't even leave. Oh my gosh so this was crazy. kind of what <laughs> what Disney was trying to create with Epcot in the 1960s, so much later where you know everything kind of would function in itself but he wanted to use all this crazy technology so he was contacting Bob Nelson uh, about um, cryogenics and things like that. Because I'm sure he was going to have a funeral home that was like freezing bodies here in his mm-hmm. uh, city of tomorrow. Yeah, Now, a like, uh, weird Elon yeah. Musk at this time. So after Disney's death, however, Epcot did not become a huge futuristic company town at all in fact it became more or less a theme park in itself yeah um thank god because that is very weird um yeah but wisecrack does all uh, wisecracks does a really good video on it i believe it's called the that time disney created a creepy government uh And they kind of talk about a few other attempts that they had made at heterotopias. Very, very strange. Makes me uncomfortable. I don't like it. Um, so anyways, Disney, yes, was buried at the forest lawn, which is known as the Disneyland of cemeteries. Um, it's quite beautiful. It, it is kind of its own heterotopia as well. Um, Prior to the building of Disneyland, Forest Lawn was the most popular tourist attraction in Southern California. And uh, while Disney was alive, he was actually friends with Hubert Eaton, who was the creator of Forest Lawn. They were friends, and Walt was an honorary pallbearer at uh, Hubert Eaton's funeral. Honorary pallbearer because he did not go to funerals. Yeah. And that... That is a little bit on the uh, relationship between Disney and death.
2: That's crazy. As a theme. Disney also and death. Me of, uh, remember when we worked at the soda fountain when we got Disney dollars? Yes. The <laughs> Disney dollars. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> people much. could pay
0: in Disney dollars. Uh, so most of the time we would deposit that, you know, into... You know, if we got tipped in Disney dollars, we would put make that as part of our deposit at the end, yeah. instead of taking home, you know, the Disney dollars because people were allowed to. But didn't we use get it.
2: paid Disney dollars for some reason at some time? Uh, like weren't or maybe it was like.
0: No, I don't think so. I remember keeping the Disney dollars a couple times to give to like family when they would go to Disneyland, so they maybe,
2: wouldn't. Maybe at the El Capitan that happened because I worked in the theater. Uh, Maybe and I just, I just remember we had it was a huge issue of like trying to get like people started trying to buy things and then get cash back. Oh but you, kind of also, you have to use like the whole amount. there was like a whole
0: thing like you oh, I see
2: you couldn't get change back on it so there wasn't really small bills if I remember
0: correctly. I remember having a ten dollar with Cinderella on
2: it. Yeah, I remember, I remember thinking it was okay, you know, but I remember also thinking like, "Well, this is messed up, this and we can weird. only spend our money here because yeah. we, we mm-hmm. didn't live in like, Disneyland, you know. We couldn't go to Disneyland and get cool stuff. Yeah, we, yeah, we buy stuff here because we lived in Hollywood, you know. We weren't going to drive down to Anaheim to spend a ten dollars yeah. Disney card. But they right. knew people, they knew there were people that would do that. Yeah, it's an incentive to to yeah, go to, to, to Disney. Yeah.
0: But we could go to Burbank and go to the Studio Store out that's there. That's another
2: thing, yeah. Or the di- they and they didn't accept it at some Disney stores,
0: right? Oh, um, they did, they yeah, did accept they didn't, it at maybe, Disney maybe it stores. Yeah. We okay. didn't get discounts at the Disney store, but the Disney store that's employees right. did, get, did discounts get discounts at our right. store or or the other Ouch. way around. Okay, that's
1: sad. that's just mean.
2: Um, is Roxanna next? Uh, not- yeah. Roxana will be next.
1: Okay, I'm ready. I'll be next. Do do do. Yes. Oh, Oh, I will. Oh yes. (laughs) So now I will be talking about one of Disneyland's probably more popular attractions, the Haunted Mansion. Right on cue. Thank you, guys. Um. Yes, so let me get my notes anyways. The Haunted Mansion was one of those attractions that Walt Disney had been thinking about for a very long time. And he wanted to put it in one of the theme parks that he had been thinking about putting in various areas, like Tia was saying. And one of the theme parks he wanted to open before Disneyland was called Mickey Mouse Park that would be located in Burbank by the Animation Studio. And uh, in Mickey Mouse, no yes. And so in that park, he kind of wanted to uh, create again that the the feeling of being in a hometown. So you would have Main Street, the general store, and everything. And every uh-huh. small town uh, has that creepy haunted mansion uh, that you know there's all those rumors about. So what was yeah. uh, supposed to be designed was you would walk down Main Street, and then there would be a graveyard a church and then you would walk through the haunted mansion and he had envisioned it as a Does walk-through have- ride
0: oh sorry to interrupt but oh, did yeah. you guys have like a creepy haunted house in I was your just hometown cuz i know yeah. exactly where mine was yeah you had a creepy yeah house. yeah um, actually oh, i did too oh my god yeah creepy mine right? was next to a place called archer park It was right up the street from my um, elementary school and it was a place called Archer Park and there was this big white like Victorian house next to it that we never saw anybody go in or ever Mm -hmm. come out of it no matter how many times we were there. There was never cars parked out of it. It never looked like anybody lived inside. There was like no furniture, but the place wasn't falling apart. Like it was clearly kept up for some reason. But there was never anybody in it. Um, Yeah, it was pretty weird. The
2: haunted house. Yeah,
0: and it's right next to the park. Like literally right next to the park. You could look into the house from the park. So you know, obviously, there's a lot of kids who see this creepy house that's unoccupied all the time, Mm -hmm. and there were a lot of rumors about it, and like. Stories of oh, if you look in in the cellar because the cellar had little windows, you could see into like the oh, basement oh, cool. and stuff. And people were like, oh, I looked in there one time and I saw a little girl looking back at me. And uh, stories like that, you know. Yes. I yeah. Still don't know. I would love to own that house because it was beautiful, um, but I have no idea. Do
1: an investigation. I remember as a kid, like, um, there was one of the cul-de-sacs, and there would be a house. It was like this really creepy green color and again it was a house that always seemed to be unoccupied there was never a car parked out in front you could never there was never anybody coming and going it just didn't look lived in but yet every once in a while there'd be a house uh, or light on inside the window and all the kids would you know have stories or make up things like oh yeah I once ran up and saw like blood on the on the, (laughs) the, the, the doorstep or something like that you know But there's always, that's what I think Disney was trying to tap into, the fact that everybody kind of grew up with that one haunted house. And that's why he wanted to include it in the Mickey Mouse Park. But uh, Mickey Mouse Park never happened. I know, spoiler alert. Uh, But then Disneyland did happen. And uh, instead of actually adding it to the original opening of Disneyland, Walt just wanted to wait until they expanded the park and then he would go ahead and build the Haunted Mansion. And Disneyland opened in 1955 and about two years later is when they went ahead and um, began the expansion. But just how Disneyland is now set up, he couldn't really have his original idea of putting the Haunted Mansion at the end of Main Street. Because now Main Street kind of uh, ends and then there's, you know, the, the round area that leads off to Frontierland and then Fantasyland and uh, Tomorrowland. So they decided they were going to put the Haunted Mansion in Frontierland. But then uh, they designed the area called New Orleans Square, and Walt thought that that would actually be a much better location to have a haunted mansion. And so they started to kind of um, plan uh, what the haunted mansion would be, and he asked uh, Ken Anderson, one of the Imagineers, to kind of start coming up with ideas of creating not only what the outside would look like, but possibly what the storyline was going to be inside. And the thing is they wanted to make sure they had a really strong storyline because if this was going to be a a walk-through ride, they needed the story to be what compelled guests to actually walk through the Haunted Mansion and not just like stop and stay in just one area. Mm -hmm. And so um, then the outside, uh, Ken Anderson uh, was really inspired uh, by images from the decorative art and design from the Victorian era, era. and he also made a lot of visits to the Winchester Mystery House up in San Jose, and you kind of go up there and, yeah, so another hometown thing.
0: Uh, Uh, I might talk about that later on in the season. Oh, cool.
1: The Winchester Mystery House. Yeah. So that's a a walk through real haunted house. So that's what he, he went up there and took a lot of notes about um, that kind of experience. Hmm. And he created uh, four different stories for the haunted mansion to see which one Walt wanted to go uh, to go for. So the first one was going to connect the Haunted Mansion, to the other ride that was going to be opening up in the New Orleans Square, which was Pirates of the Caribbean. And so the first story would have been about a an old sea captain named Captain Gore who married this beautiful young woman named Priscilla. And after he married her, he told her, never go into the attic. So guess what she did? She went into the attic. Yeah, right? And when she goes into the attic, she finds out that uh, her husband, Captain Gore, is actually a notorious pirate. Now, he catches her in the attic, and he's afraid that she's going to reveal his true identity, so he ends up throwing her out the window. But her ghost haunts the mansion and pretty much haunts him until he can't take it anymore. He decides to hang himself. And so that is one of the stories. Oh, that's right? Little, that's kind of creepy.
0: A little harsh, don't you think?
1: Right? <laughs> um, and now the second story uh, was going to be that the mansion is called uh, Bloodmere Manor. And that it was owned by the Blood family, and it was built in the 1800s in a bayou in New Orleans. And that Disney had decided to uh, transport that mansion and bring it to Disneyland as an example of the architecture during that time of New Orleans. But um, as everybody is trying to restore it, there's some strange things that were happening like all the restoration that is done in the daytime is mysteriously destroyed at night, and that there's these strange ghostly sounds coming from the house and weird lights that would be reported by the night watchman. And that another story uh, that would go on with the blood mirror, uh, Manor is that one of the carpenters that had been working on the restoration mysteriously disappears. And so they have to uh, do some research into what's going on with the Bloodmere Manor. And it's discovered that the mansion actually has a really dark past and that many of the previous owners ended up dying in usually extremely violent ways and so then their spirits would then be attached to the manor and then they would go ahead and try to haunt and scare anybody that tried to get close to the mansions and that they would warn anybody that would get close uh the and tell them foolish mortals go home (laughs) yeah right Uh, The other idea that Ken Anderson had was to include the story of Ichabod Crane. And so Disney had the animated, um, the Sleepy Hollow uh, animation. And it was pretty much going to be a retelling of that story. You you know, walk through the house and you see uh, kind of all the familiar characters, Ichabod Crane, the Headless Horseman, that kind of thing. And there was also going to be some imagery of, from Fantasia, the night on Bald Mountain, you know, where they have all the creepy demons and everything flying, right? Yeah,
3: Yeah, that's a good one.
1: And the fourth story uh, was a little bit more lighthearted. It was going to include the ghosts from the cartoon, The Lonesome Ghost. And the story would be that um, the guests would be you know, the people in the park that are visiting the mansion, that they're going to be witnessing a wedding and that the ghosts from the loathsome Ghost cartoons would kind of be their guide uh, through this wedding and that some of the attendees at this wedding would be monsters like Dracula and Frankenstein and the mummy. So, you know, more of those universal monsters that was going to be included. And so that was kind of the fourth story that Ken Anderson brought up to Disney. And Disney wasn't really inspired by any of these ideas. Uh, he, he didn't want the mansion to be old and decaying. Uh, he wanted it to look kind of you know very very nice and taken care of so Mm
3: -hmm. he
1: told ken anderson like well we'll take care of the outside while the the ghosts take care of the inside kind of scrapping the whole idea of having an old dilapidated mansion that would be in new orleans
0: square it is very pretty it It, is yes it's yeah it definitely doesn't look uh like like yeah that falling apart at all it's That comes later. Yeah. (laughs) So um, in
1: 1958, uh, Ken Anderson, he stopped working on creating the mansion because he was going to go work on Sleeping Beauty. So Rolly Crump and Yale Gracie Mm -hmm. took over the designs. And they're the ones that really were working on most of the special effects that might go into the Haunted Mansion. And around that time, Walt was kind of wanting to scrap the idea that it would be a walkthrough ride. But again, since nothing had been set in stone, it was, well, he didn't really know exactly where he wanted the direction of the Haunted Mansion, but he started kicking around the idea that maybe it shouldn't be a walkthrough ride. Uh, In 1959, Uh, The project was put on hold uh, because, again, Walt wasn't really happy about anything that he had seen. And um, he wasn't really uh, inspired by any one idea. And so he kind of, you know, put it aside. But what was happening is the ride was appearing on the maps so this is in 1959 and they're still putting the haunted mansion like it's going to be built soon and it was still literally years away from construction so that's kind of a cool thing if anybody had one of those maps from uh, that time to see the haunted mansion put on the map year after year before it even existed
2: that's crazy
1: Uh. Then in the early uh, 60s, they decided that they were going to um, go ahead and maybe use one of Anderson's designs but clean it up. They wouldn't have it as if it had been run down so that they would use the designs of the old Victorian house and the, the old New Orleans style, but as if it had been, like you said, up kept, as if it, it looks nice, it looks pretty, it, it's very fancy looking. So they went ahead and started the construction of the, va- the facade in 1961, and they were hoping to get it open by 1963 and they started working on the facade before they even had any clue what was going to actually go into the actual ride so no storyline uh no actual you know animatronics or special effects had really been put in stone they were just like oh we'll we'll figure it out as we're building it but what happened was the New York World's Fair and you know Walt loved making stuff for that so He kind of had all of his Imagineers halt whatever they were working on to go ahead and start working on the exhibits that would be at the New York World Fair. So, this is kind of cool because the facade of the mansion was pretty much finished, but the ride inside hadn't even been started. And so, for a few years, guests would come to the park and they would see the facade of the mansion and then kind of a sign outside, basically saying that they were taking interviews uh, for ghosts that might uh, want to live there in a nice uh, resort kind of style, that kind of thing. And because it had remained, well, quote unquote, empty, or that nothing had been done to it for years, for a few years, that people began uh, talking about rumors about the Haunted Mansion one of the rumors was that it, it had opened but because it was so scary it oh, caused somebody to have a heart attack and they and so that's why they had to close the ride that's uh, right. another right <laughs> and, and again talk about getting hype for this new ride yeah, yeah.
3: holy
1: shit um Another one kind of along the same lines was that, again, it had opened, but that a guest had fallen into a snake pit that was inside. (laughs) Um, People also thought that that maybe the mansion was actually Walt's home, that he lived inside of the park. (laughs) Right? So that was kind of cool. Uh, After the World's Fair, then the Imagineers, you know, were able to put their focus into building the actual ride. And they were pretty excited because they had been working on some things at the World's Fair that could be included in this new ride. Uh, So Rolly Crump had come up uh, with some really cool concepts uh, for the Haunted Mansion. And basically what Walt was doing was he was just having his Imagineers Mm kind of just come up with whatever, like whatever ideas that they're inspired by, uh, go ahead and and bring it to the table because he wanted a whole bunch of things to be able to choose from. And Rolly Crump wanted to really... Uh, Pushed the envelope and he was really inspired by uh, some movies and TV shows that he had seen that had some really out there creepy ideas like building furniture out of human parts, that kind of stuff. And so he drew some really (laughs) great, creepy concepts. And for those that are super into the history of the Haunted Mansion, they may uh, recognize the Candleman. It's this man, kind of made out of wax, but he's also a candelabra, and it's really freaking creepy because his hands are up because his hands are like the candelabra, but then his entire body just looks like it's it's a melting wax. It's really freaking creepy. Um, He had some other like uh, crazy looking kind of just creatures with a whole bunch of different parts, and then there was like this weird fish tank that looked like it was made out of a a monster and then would have like ghost fish inside of it and the rest of the Imagineers were a little bit off put by his designs like this is really creepy I I really don't think that Walt is gonna go for it and he's like it's okay it was really fun to do so basically (laughs) they put all the ideas that they thought walt would like they kind of put that up in front in front of him while they're doing the whole pitch meeting and then they put all of rolly's stuff like on a table that would be behind disney and then they all go through their ideas and disney's like is that it and they go yeah yeah that no more and he goes well then what's all this stuff on the table and rolly kind of explains his idea and you know, Walt's like, oh, okay, that this is really <laughs> weird. <laughs> but then I guess it, it stuck in his mind that he couldn't stop thinking about it. And he had an idea that he, he wasn't going to put that into the Haunted Mansion. But how about if they had what was called the well, I have it written down somewhere, the Museum of the Weird that would be at the end of the ride that guests could kind of meander and look around at and they would say that they got all of these strange artifacts from around the world and it would be the concepts that Rolly Crump had had designed and so it would just be all this like really creepy looking creatures or items that look like they were built out of body parts and that it would be part of the attraction, but not necessarily in the ride. But unfortunately, as we know that never happened. Um, Right. But, because all these imagineers are coming up with like their their ideas, you know they're so they're starting to build prototypes or they'll have like uh, statues or different concepts made. That all of these items were stored in a warehouse because you know Walt didn't know which which ideas that he was going to go through, but apparently, the the some again some of these ideas were just so creepy and weird. That the janitors that would come in and clean the warehouse had requested that when the Imagineers left to please keep the lights on because it's just really creepy when the lights are off. (laughs) So the Imagineers are like, yeah, yeah, we'll leave the lights on. But then they booby trapped the warehouse so that when the janitors would come in, it would set off a chain reaction that would then cause all of the ghosts and all of the statues to start dancing oh around. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next day, the Imagineers get a call from, uh, from you know the uh, the personnel, and basically telling them like, okay, the janitors have decided that they're they're not going to be cleaning that warehouse anymore Uh. so it's going to be up to you guys now to clean the warehouse (laughs) Uh, right and uh let's see it's too fun exactly right The, the imagineers are having fun uh, and so they have all these ideas. They have no really clear direction just yet because uh, Walt Disney really wanted to have uh, a lot to be able to choose from. But then, as Tia told us, he died in 1966. <laughs> and what happened was everybody, of course, was really brokenhearted about this and they really lost their enthusiasm and drive to kind of go forward with this. But of course they knew that they had to finish the project. But also another thing was, you know, Walt Disney was always a a clear leader and a clear focus on where the direction of any of the attractions or movies or, you know, what he had his hand in would go. And so without this kind of solid clear direction uh, no one really had a, an idea of where the Haunted Mansion should go, and there became two camps. There was the Imagineers that kind of wa- thought that it should be more happy and lighthearted and silly, that there should be a lot of funny jokes in it, because it would fit in with the theme of Disneyland, and they didn't think that something that would be really scary would be appropriate for the tone of Disneyland. But then you had the other Imagineers that were like, "No, let's. It should be scary. It should be creepy. Um, I. How, how can you have this haunted house that's just going to be silly? It's almost as if, um, as if no one's going to take uh, Disneyland seriously if we have just a goofy, silly haunted mansion." Um, but then they decided. Well, how about we have both? We're going to have some elements that are going to be fun and goofy, but we're also going to have elements that are are going to be truly scary and 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 creepy as well. And another, just, it, it mm-hmm. does
2: seem like they settled right in the middle. Yeah, exactly. Because right, like like the beginning when you when you finish going down or going down in quotes. <laughs> Um. Then you see the shadow of the guy hanging. Yeah. You know? yes. so they're
0: basically suggesting you kill yourself. Right? Yeah, yeah. In that, order. That's, that's some creepy <laughs> yeah. shit. But that's then, actually
1: you know, that's yeah. actually part of the Ken Anderson storyline. But right. I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. go
2: into. When yeah. said that, I was like, "Holy shit! That's what that means. That's awesome." Because there's so much going on. You know, it's hard to pay attention to the stories when you're actually on the ride. You know, right. you're just. Um.
1: So another thing that they had decided on was to completely scrap the idea of a walkthrough ride. And so Roger Burke and Bert, um, oh crap, I can't read my writing. Roger Brokey and Bert Brundage, I'm probably not even saying that wrong because I probably misspelled it. They're the ones that (laughs) developed the Omnimover for the World's Fair in New York. And they went ahead and, tweaked it so they could use it for the haunted mansion. And that's where we get the doom buggy. And the cool thing about the doom buggy is that you can keep the flow of traffic going pretty evenly and that they could move the vehicle uh, around so that they could focus the guests attention in very specific areas. And they could also put the speaker in the doom buggy so that they could have, again, very specific sounds based on where they are, and the ghost host. Yeah, that leads you through the Haunted Mansion. And so they decided not to go with one specific story, but they kind of took the elements of some of Ken Anderson's story, and they included it into the Haunted Mansion. So, yes, when you're in the elevator and you go down and the paintings are stretching and then you look up and there's the guy hanging that is based off the old sea captain story uh, that's a of you know when he hung himself in the attic and for a long time the the bride that was in the attic represented uh the bride that the old sea captain had thrown out the window so those elements kind of made it into what we know as the Haunted Mansion now, up until a point. And I'll I'll get that get to that in a moment. And then there was also the hat box ghost. And the hat box ghost was designed to be the, the bride in the attic's uh, husband. And it was designed by Mark Davis and then created by Yale Gracie. And it would be positioned just across uh, the attic from the the bride. And the whole trick was that the guest would see the ghost. And he's holding up an empty clear hat box. And then there would be like a, a flicker of light. And then the head would disappear from the, the ghost. And then it would reappear into the hat box. Uh, But the problem was it didn't quite work as it was supposed to and it was removed about a month after the opening of the Haunted Mansion and this kind of actually inspired rumors that the reason why it was removed is because it was just too scary. (laughs) But in reality, (laughs) it was it was just not working like um, they had imagined it was supposed to. So in August 9th of 1969 was the soft opening of the Haunted Mansion. And then the press opening, and this is really cool, was on August 11th. And so it took place in Club 33. And do you know about Club 33? It's the only place in Disneyland yeah. where you can get served alcohol, pretty exclusive, very swanky. I always want to go. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely uh, on my bucket list.
0: Yeah. It used to be the art gallery that was above the Pirates of the Caribbean, right? And now it's that's Club 33. No, wait, that's the Diamond Cinderella Suite or whatever that is.
1: Uh, that I think is in the castle. Club 33 okay. is the one that's, um, above pirates, the pirates ride in New Orleans oh, Square. Okay.
0: Yes. Yeah. Cause that used to be Roy and Walt Disney's apartment. And then it was an art gallery for a while. So I, technically I have been in there, but I haven't been in there since it's this swanky exclusive restaurant because it did it, for a time was open to the public. From what i remember as a kid it used to have like artwork of the attractions around disney up there Um, but it wasn't like i'm pretty sure it wasn't the full area because you didn't enter it from the bottom of where the entrance to club 33 is for the door you entered it from like outside of pirates of the caribbean there's like stairs that go up to it they're like rounded stairs that go up on either side yeah, yeah. I'll point so. it out. I feel
2: like I'm getting flashbacks of <laughs> <laughs> so in
1: 1969 August 11th um, they invited the press so they were all at the Club 33 in New Orleans Square drinking having fun and then right at midnight they all walk along the river and to the entrance of the Haunted Mansion and then they all get to ride it and I thought that would be such a cool experience to be oh, able yeah. to party in Club 33 and then go and ride the Haunted Mansion um, at midnight and then it opened to the general public August 12th of 1969 and 2019 was actually its uh, 50th anniversary and that's why I got the hat and all of this cool cool stuff that they had for sale at Disneyland that I wanted to wear at Disneyland but then COVID happened so now I just have to wait but uh, now there have been some updates to the Haunted Mansion. One of them was in 2006. So like I had said, the bride that was in the attic was originally part of the whole story about Captain Gore murdering his, his, bra, his, new, his new wife. And they decided to take that out, and they changed her story uh, to Constance Hatchaway and that she was a beautiful young woman, and she would marry very rich men and then behead them and go ahead and take her inheritance. And when you're going through the attic, you kind of see the pictures of her, which each of her husbands that then later end up dead. And her story was that she ends up dying in her her manner and she now haunts the attic and then um they also brought back the hatbox ghost and he officially was uh put into the haunted mansion back in 2015 for disneyland's 60th anniversary and he was now placed at the end of the attic scene and so then, when you see him, uh, he works perfectly fine. The 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 trick works uh, without any glitches. And then you also notice that there's going to be a cart that's next to him with four empty or no or four hat boxes. And so they're thinking that either the hatbox ghost was Constance's accomplice, helping her murder her husband's, and then she ends up killing him, or he may have actually been one of her husbands that he ends up beheading. Mm. But it is pretty cool that the hatbox ghost that was in the original Haunted Mansion has now been able to, to come back almost 50 years later. And, right? And so then um, we have some of the ghosts that are in the Haunted Mansion that are very popular. One of my favorite ghosts is the Madame Leota. Uh, She is the one when you're going through the whole seance room. Uh, She is the ghost that you see in that crystal ball. And she has a backstory as well. So she started off as a witch in Salem. Um, But she was caught and exposed as a witch when she was attempting to summon a ghost and that um, this actually started the Salem witch trials. She was able to escape and she fled to New Orleans and opened up a shop called Momento Mori, Curios and Curiosity. And she sold uh, various magical items and potions, and she even offered a spirit photography. So you know, take being able to take pictures of ghosts. And Madame Leota becomes friends with Constance Hatchaway, the owner of the mansion, and they become very good friends to the point where Madame Leota actually moves in to the Haunted Mansion and she's able to conduct um, the seances in the parlor room whenever she wants. Uh, When she dies, she does get buried on property and she kind of ends up haunting the Haunted Mansion and her head uh, possesses one of her favorite crystal balls. Um, but there's also uh, the theory that Madame Leota doesn't quite know she's dead. And so that is why she is a ghost who is conducting seances.
3: Mm.
1: It, otherwise, it really doesn't make sense, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, but I, add it, for... oh, I was going to say, I never questioned why there was a ghost conducting seances. I guess I just never thought it it through uh, or thought about it for very long. It was yeah, like, oh, that, that's cool. Oh, and then there's another cool thing that comes right after it. And then another, and you're just kind yeah. like, of along for the ride.
1: Yeah, you just accept so. it. <laughs>
0: um,
1: another, the Bride in the Attic uh, was also kind of designed after A quote unquote real ghost sighting, and it's the Brown Lady of the of Rayenham Hall. And there, yes,
0: I just heard this story recently. Uh, Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. one of the ghost pictures ever, right?
1: Right, and she's on the stairs, and she's that white shrouded figure that you can see through. Mm Oh,
2: crazy!
1: Yeah.
0: I put this on uh, the podcast at some point, maybe. No promises. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but uh, that—that—that's kind of a the bride in the attic's look. That whole veil look and the shape is a, a bit of a callback to that actual ghost. And then you have the hitchhiking ghosts at the end of the ride. Uh, where you're in your doom buggy and you see them hitchhiking, and then uh, you go through the section where they're in your doom buggy, and then they end up disappearing as you step off the doom buggy and head on out of the ride. And the three the three ghosts do have names. There's Phineas, Ezra, and Gus. Uh, Phineas is the first one. Uh, he's the one that has the bag that either looks like it's um some sort of you know suitcase or maybe even a doctor's bag. Then you have Ezra, who's more of the, the tall, dapper guy. And then you have poor old Gus, who's the one that's holding the ball and chain like he's an escaped prisoner. And yeah. this is kind of a callback to the whole urban legends of the vanishing hitchhiker. So, no, you know, somebody picks up somebody off the side of the road, goes to take them to a certain location, and they either disappear or they somehow stumble upon their gravestone or something
0: like yeah. that. So, uh, yeah. Teresa did, that's a story similar to that called Resurrection Mary um, that happened in Chicago. She did that on our podcast a couple episodes ago. So check it out, guys. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. so So that's how kind of the adding in the the real ghosts or you know a callbacks to actual ghost stories that have happened uh, another thing too this is more on the outside of the haunted mansion uh, sometimes if you, when you're looking at the haunted mansion from outside it's easier to see it at night there will be a light that will pass through some of the windows or you can see an orb that is in the very top of the Haunted Mansion, kind of through, it's not like an actual window, it's more like the slates of like the wooden, like a wooden window, and that every, if you keep your eye out, and if they have the effect on, that you can see an orb uh, kind of moving around up there as well. Oh,
0: that's very cool. That cool. I don't think I've ever noticed that.
1: Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, that's the the Haunted Mansion. Um, It's uh, definitely one of my favorite rides, and I really cannot wait to uh, be able to ride it again.
3: So, oh, yeah, yay. it's the, definitely my
0: favorite in the park. I think my favorites would go Haunted Mansion, Pirates of the Caribbean, Indiana Jones, in that order. Yeah.
1: Oh, ha- Haunted Mansion, uh, Space Mountain indiana jones and uh, big thunder
2: mine's small world small world. oh fuck you <laughs> fuck you. <laughs>
1: you know small world was actually an exhibit Wasn't that, that was created for the new york world's fair
2: that's right yeah, yeah. yeah. that makes sense too
0: yeah. It's, it's like, like a representation
2: yeah. of the world. Well, it honestly like it sticks out as like a sore thumb in Disneyland too, you know? It's yeah. like, oh, this is sorta cool. It's <laughs> in like that it doesn't even
1: it's not even a brilliant really a land. It's kind of in but, that no man's land. Um, yeah.
0: I do like the light show that they do on the outside of Yeah. That. Yeah. The, the, the projection sure, projection uh lighting, the projection mapping mm-hmm. of it is really cool it is really cool um i also yeah. like when you go on the train and you can go through it i think that's pretty cool especially if the yeah. light's sh- happening at that time mm-hmm. it's kind of neat that's um, joy,
2: yeah. so that part's kind of
3: cool
0: but
2: no but i'm joking yeah um hands down yeah um uh, tower of terror was probably my favorite back in the day uh, it's it in California
1: ride. adventure, yeah, that's a different, yeah. those are different ride I, orders, I, I, idiot.
2: I, I about <laughs> uh, yeah, I would say Haunted Mansion, then yeah, Pirates, yeah. then it doesn't really matter after that. Indiana Jones is cool, but that's a newer ride. That's, I would,
0: I would, say, a newer ride that you're you
1: are aging yourself.
2: It's wild ride, I guess, is probably my favorite. What, yeah,
1: really? I mean,
2: I yeah. guess you get go to hell. Yeah, That's pretty
0: hell.
1: cool. My glasses would always fog up.
2: Uh, uh, I also like yeah. the Peter Pan one cuz you can go over the city. Yes.
1: When you <laughs> fly over Neverland and you're just that in that room full of stars.
2: That's pretty cool, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh I really like the train and I really like the monorail. I don't know if that would be considered a ride, but I really like both of those quite a bit. Oh,
1: lot. I love the train. <gasps>
0: There's a monorail here, isn't there?
2: Monorail, monorail. monorail. <laughs> I'm
0: not gonna write it with COVID, but there is a monorail, monorail here, land. isn't there? Vegas is empty.
1: Vegas is empty.
2: We, I went to uh New York, New York today to like just yep. grab something to eat with my brother, and yeah, there was nothing's open. You know, it's like yeah, the casinos, you know, open, but there's just nobody here. Really, there's not many people here.
1: Yeah, eh. just the hardcore gamblers.
2: Even them, yeah, they're at home gambling online.
1: Yeah, that's true.
2: <laughs> Even like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't see anybody gambling. You know, I think about it, but although that was like three o'clock, so on a Tuesday.
1: Well, it, but it's Vegas, like it, oh yeah, it should be time points. means nothing.
2: Yeah, that's what I was telling Tia earlier. I was like, yeah, we live in Vegas. Time doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> Um. Cool. Yeah, that was awesome. That was really cool. Cause yeah, I've I've always been super curious about the haunted mansion, and I love learning about all the like little right Well, like the stuff. Little, also yeah. like the little legacies of it too. You know, the little tiny details that you don't mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You definitely don't see or understand. Like all the stories, like explaining the stories of. You know, the hanging and stuff, you know, I like, yeah, I, they do talk about it, and there's little Easter eggs and stuff throughout the ride to sort of explain it. But I think if it was a walkthrough ride, like they originally wanted to do, you know, or a walkthrough type of thing, it would have been easier to understand. There would stuff. be more explanation, yeah. But since it's like a, yeah. you know, since it turns into a ride, it's a <laughs> do, 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 do. you know, it's like, it's cool, but it's also like, mm-hmm. I think it's kind of glosses over those like details, yeah. yeah.
0: But at the same time, it's like, it's fun to find those out and true, yeah. little easter eggs and, it also and makes things it like that re- Rewritable, i guess too yeah, start to yeah. yeah. so
1: now next time you write people. it you'll you'll keep an eye out
0: yeah especially like the scene in the cemetery the more you write it the more you start to see other little mini stories right. like like i yeah. uh i like that there's a mummy and a sarcophagus yes. mm-hmm. i thought that's pretty cool
3: mm-hmm.
0: one of my favorites um like the the heads that are singing yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. those are pretty cool um what else is i don't know there's lots of things in there that are cool <laughs>
1: there's yeah the viking woman that's singing the guy that's yeah. kind of sealing up his own his own grave that kind oh, of like thing the yeah.
2: that's coming out yeah yeah so oh yeah, love. yeah. There's a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, I like their use of all the like the technology and also just practical effects. Like, yeah, remember that was the time I saw the those inverted statue heads that follow you. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. First time seeing that and being like just fucking mind blown, you know. But it's, it's just really, a trick of it's a just perception, of you know. And it's just well, uh, well lit, you know. Yeah, it was just yeah. it's that's like something that we know about nowadays back then that was like you know the newest you know not newest but like nobody really knew about it i guess
0: i mean and then also as a kid you're not going to know what the technology is behind it no matter how simple it is as a kid you're like (gasps) it's it blew (sighs) my mind
1: that as you're walking down the hallway Um, it was raining outside i'm like it was so sunny how is it
0: raining and storming outside these windows
3: yeah, uh, <laughs> I felt
0: that way in the tiki room at the end when it rains and then you yes. go outside and it's sunny. I never understood that. That's so I never understood that to yeah. my parents. One day, let, sorcery. Let me get out of my seat. Yeah, my parents let me get out of my seat one day, and they're like, "Go, go look at the windows. You'll see how it's done." And when you look, it's just tinsel in the windows that's lit a certain way. That's
3: right.
0: Yeah, my magic's gone. Yeah. I've never felt that way though like the magic is gone. I've always loved finding well,
2: out you know me, I'm, I'm almost more impressed with the technology because you know just to be able to pull that yeah. off without people seeing it you know like mm-hmm. that's like when people talk about like CGI and stuff, you know it's always better if you can't tell the change between life live action and the CG you know so you don't yeah. blur that line.
0: but yeah. I'm a person who likes to know how the magic trick is done you know I'm not like. I I don't particularly like to be fooled and wowed. Like, that's cool and everything. But I find it way more interesting for the trick to be explained to me how it is done. Uh, I okay. Just... Then let me explain. How
1: about, the, do you know how they do the ballroom trick of the ghosts that dance in the, the ballroom and
0: everything? Uh, I do, but I bet our oh, listeners okay. would love to hear about it.
1: Oh, it's... um. It's done with uh, kind of reflections. So they do have all of those animatronics that are actually um, underneath you or behind. I think it's either underneath or behind.
2: Yeah, that's true. I thought it was above. above.
1: uh, Yeah, it's above. And then also where they're dancing, it's underneath you when you're going through the balcony. And then basically there's just like a giant clear pane of glass and then it's the light from the actual animatronics that is reflecting off the glass that makes it seem as if they're, they're ghosts that are really in the room.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: and I always thought that was so freaking cool. Yeah, that yeah. blew my mind when I was yeah.
2: there. That, I mean, that whole ride, you know, it was all very, very innovative, especially for its time. The, the, yeah. Where they put the ghost in the mirror sitting next yeah. to you, you know, which is the, the, the same the ride, same know. trick. Yeah. Like, that's, shit, yeah. That's like trick just done differently, yeah um at the magic castle they had the the guy who designed that they had like a little model for that in the basement. oh
1: yeah i yeah, i remember that yeah
0: it's called pepper's ghost is what it was originally yes, called yes yeah, yep.
1: <laughs> well, we we have it on it. fast and the furious at uh, universal <laughs> it's it's not as spooky though <laughs> <laughs> wait do you guys remember the time where something went wrong and all of the dancers were like really tiny in one of the no, rooms
0: that sounds awesome they
1: were yeah they were like a foot tall or something like that <laughs> i'm like oh man i hope i see it because i would be like hold me closer tiny dancer <laughs> oh.
0: That's so it never occurred to me that that was the same technology now it makes mm-hmm. sense. I never really planned yeah. it, though. I never. I was just kind of like, and here I am. I have to hit clip twenty-eight. Hey. Or oh yeah. And fuck. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I'll take a spin at this. Um, you guys, yes. You guys, definitely uh, nailed that. That was really good. Okay. Well, what What are you bringing us? So I'm just gonna tell you about the real debt. That has happened at Disney, I guess Disneyland and a few other Disney, uh, other like related locations. What? I thought you know, nobody that, died yeah, at, nobody. at Disneyland. Yeah,
1: no one dies at Disneyland. Well, you know,
2: questioning too, was after looking all this up, you know, cause they're, um, uh, got my information from Wikipedia, Snopes, Bustle.com and a few stories from DoomBuggies.com, um, which I would recommend you definitely Roxanne you should totally check out yeah like okay content. um Ooh. it's like, yeah, very community based um but yeah so um i'm gonna yeah talk to you about some of the real deaths that happen and then a few of them um because there's some ghost stories um tons of these forums have like because there's disney forums for everything you know so there's like a haunted mansion forum you know and do yes Man, definitely yeah. that but they, a lot of different people have uh, ghost stories, you know, but I didn't want to just list off random ghost stories. So I, when I found a death that was attached to a ghost story, you know, I kind of tried to link it in that sense. Um, mm-hmm. But I definitely want to tell you about some of the deaths there. Um, most mm-hmm. of the names I haven't listed, you know, to maintain respect. Um, but before I start, have you guys ever had a ghost encounter at Disneyland? Like A ghostly encounter? Because it's very popular, apparently. I haven't, but
1: a friend of mine that worked there has.
2: Interesting.
1: It's Uh, uh, by the uh, Big Thunder Mountain. You know, when you're kind of walking, which now, I guess, as you're heading towards Galaxy's Edge, there's that area where there's, like, the water, the pond that's on either side. mm -hmm. And then on the side that there isn't the ride, there looks like kind of like an abandoned mine shaft as if uh, you see the tracks there. Mm-hmm. And my friend says that, you know, every once in a while at night, you can see a ghostly figure of like a white woman, um, not as in her race is white. <laughs> <magic>. <laughs> it looks like Karen. Um, no, but <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, but a ghostly white feminine figure uh, that is in the the dark area of the mine shaft. Oh,
2: mm. Yeah, that's creepy. We, uh, we had um, like I guess you know creepy occurrences at the El Capitan. Yeah, I was gonna
0: say that like yeah. not
2: at Disneyland,
0: but the El Capitan Theater, which is owned by Disney, is like a hundred year old theater. Uh, Pat and I worked there. For, I worked there for six years. You worked there for three or four years, right? At the soda, right? fountain. At the soda the fountain. fountain. It's all the same. The soda yeah, fountain it's and the El Capitan is all the same building. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I saw, I saw someone in the elevator one day because the elevator had the little mirror on it. It's a service elevator. You mean a little sorry window on it that you could see in it. Yeah. I saw someone standing. I was walking by and I saw someone standing in it, and then I was like huh, that's weird that someone's just standing in the elevator, like looking out. And I came back to see who it was. Like, are they stuck? What's going on? And I came back and there was no elevator in the elevator shaft at all. The elevator was on a different floor. Um, I can't explain that. That was weird. Um, That is weird. Upstairs in the mezzanine area, there was rumors that there was a ghost that a guy hung himself up there. We called him Frank. We don't know what his name was. But there was lots of stories of people being up there and things falling or getting locked in to the mezzanine area. Nothing ever happened to me up there, though. I didn't have any story up
2: there. The the only story that I had uh, was the girl pulling people's hair. There was, was a story, yeah. that I don't know how, if, if this is true or not, but this is um, apparently a girl was watching the film and she came too close to the front of the balcony just trying to get a better view. She flips over the side and then her mom tries to grab her and she grabs onto her mom's hair and then pulls out a chunk and falls. Yeah. And really? then people people used to come out of the theater complaining of people pulling their hair or pulling their shirt. Ooh, that's she, so creepy. You know? yeah and i remember thinking i remember thinking it was really creepy you know hearing it a couple of times you know from people from like guests but then you would hear yeah. it from other employees that heard it from guests, yes. or other employees oh. that had just that's when it got weird you know it's like oh maybe yeah. okay, there is some truth to this story but that's interesting because yeah like when i was looking at the forums you know i definitely wanted to tell all these stories some of them were really cool but I wanted to have like a little bit of like tangibility to it. You know, most of the times when you Mm -hmm. click a picture, you know, it brings me to a website that doesn't exist or their Tumblr account is deleted or something or whatever. Um, but there were some interesting ones. So I'm going to list off some of the deaths that will get a little dark. Um, on September 4th, 1985, a seven year old girl from Torrance was crushed to death beneath the wheels of a bus at Disneyland. Um, she was just um walk walking to her car most of the there's tons of incidents and deaths most of them were not related to the park you know so i just wanted to talk about the ones that were um and this kind of this is kind of to kind of lend the credibility of the company you know like there should be a little bit more investigation but these were old you know
3: Mm -hmm. um
2: on October 17, 2010, a 61-year-old man from Hickman, California, jumped to his death from the top floor of the Mickey and Friends parking structure. Ooh. He left behind a note, and it, all it said was personal issues. Oh. Um, <clears throat> on April 2, 2012, a 23-year-old man was found dead near the northwest corner of the Mickey and Friends parking structure. and was pronounced dead at the scene. At the time, it was investigated as a suicide, but no one had seen it. On November 26, 2016, a forty one a four-year-old man jumped to his desk from the Mickey and Friends parking structure just after 2 a.m. So it's like a, this I is a like very a popular spot. spot yeah. Jeez. Some reason, you know? um, so, you know, you could say, you know, what you will about that or if it's just the highest area or something, you know. Um, on April 22, 2003, a 36-year-old stage technician fell 60 feet from a catwalk in the Hyperion Theater and that was prompting an investigation by uh, OSHA. Yeah. Well, yeah. He was basically unconscious for several days, and then he died May 18, oh. uh, 2003. Um, Dis- or Disney was oh, just fine for this, $18,000. On December 24, 1998, a heavy metal cleat that was fastened to the hull of the sailing ship Columbia uh, tore loose striking one year old employee and two-part guests one of the guests a 33 year old man died of a head injury head injury and then died of the hospital days later um, the the it was an, an elastic hemp rope designed to break easily, was improperly replaced for financial reasons by an elastic nylon rope that stretched and tore the cleat from the ship's wooden hull. Mm. Uh, apparently, Disney received a lot of uh, criticism for the incident and um, mostly because they were straining outside medical personnel because uh, they didn't want them coming into the park to frighten the visitors. Mm. Oh. Um, so, uh, after this incident, uh, Disney, you know, reinstated, you know, a different foreman for the rides. And they actually had the Anaheim Police Department as the first response, no matter what. It they it just became a certain thing. That was what OSHA was installing. So now, if an employee had any issue like that, they had to just call 911. You know, I think at Universal, they had a police station there. So it wasn't 911. Yeah, we well, have our own medics. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We have a number that I never remembered
2: for uh, medics. <laughs> it's crazy. It, it's crazy <laughs> the, the yeah, some of the well, it's like there's there's oversight in a lot of things, you know, and you know everything. There's accidents, tons of accidents that happen. You know, yeah, it like can't be held. The company always can't be held responsible. You can't always yeah. predict Proceed. the
0: future of what's going to happen. Exactly. Yeah,
2: and well, most I would say ninety five percent of them were all people in the wrong place at the wrong time or, you know, type of like super mm-hmm. coincidence, cool you know, accidents or just or just people being scared, you know? the other right. person were kind of like yeah, maybe Disney should have done you know? something, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know? So it's like a lot of people running pushing different buttons. Uh, on June 25th, 2000, a 23-year-old woman from Spain left the Indiana Jones ride complaining of a severe headache. She was hospitalized a day later and discovered that she had a brain hemorrhage. Oh, she died September first, on two thousand, of a cerebral uh, cerebral. Hemorrhage. Uh, the family <clears throat> put a wrongful death lawsuit against Disney, uh, stating she died because of the violent shaking in the ride, um, which to her, it did. There is a lot of violent yeah. shaking in the Indiana well, but I mean, there are I mean, usually warnings for all okay. rides yeah uh, but this is this wasn't a previous um, she didn't have any issues before then. so yeah, say mm. exactly. yeah. Um, the ruling imposed that they ended up doing was a heightened duty of care in amusement parks and requires them to provide the same degree of care and safety as do other common carriers. Disney settled the lawsuit for an undisclosed sum, undisclosed sum uh, after this appeal. The costs for the victim were about $1.3 million. Uh, On September 5th, 2003, a 22-year-old man died after su- suffering severe blunt force trauma and extensive internal bleeding in a derailment of the Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Ooh. Uh, the one you were just talking about, right?
3: Yeah. Sorry.
2: Your favorite ride. Right? Your favorite ride.
3: It's not
1: my favorite. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, the cause of the accident was determined to be improper maintenance. Uh, Investigation reports discovered by the victim's attorney confirmed the fatal injuries occurred when the first passenger car collided with the underside of the locomotive. The derailment was the result of mechanical failure that had occurred because of the omissions during a maintenance procedure. Um, Failures on the left side wheel of the floating axle of the locomotive were not tightened and secured in ordinance specifications. As the train entered a tunnel, the axle came loose and jammed against a brake section causing the locomotive to become airborne and hit the ceiling. Ooh. I
0: don't know if you know that
2: part of the ride, the Big Thunder Mountain, yes. when you're like up and down, yeah. up and down, but you're in the dark. Yeah. That was the first roller coaster I ever rode. Oh. And I was I feel like I was a little bit too old to be doing my first roller coaster. But I was I was so maybe twelve.
0: 13 oh yeah that's really old
2: right yeah like, <laughs> like i was i feel like kids my age were doing bigger roller coasters but yeah. i was scared of that shit for, for a long time i don't know why and it actually now i do know why um but <laughs> he was, he was gripping onto the bar so hard and my brother chris flipping my hands and being like you're supposed to raise uh, your hands in the air you know oh
3: god he, yeah the, part
2: the ride he's going through is the up and down parts of the tunnel and it comes off the track and hits the top of that's how hard he slammed that. Um, the locomotive then fell on top of the first passenger car uh, crushing the victim some people blamed the new cost conscious maintenance culture brought in by Paul Pressler and consultants McKinsey and company in 1997 which included reliability centered maintenance so basically uh, they hired a different company to do the maintenance and they were like kind of cheap on it uh, so another thing that you know Disney couldn't control exactly. You know, you're just well, hiring. Well, if they had spent the money. Yeah,
1: from. they shouldn't have, yeah.
2: But, yeah, that's...
0: That's cool. crazy. Uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> They're kind of at fault for that one, though. Yeah.
2: Um, this is one I think a lot of people have heard, and probably one of the first stories of an incident at uh, Disneyland that was widely um, dispersed. Uh, January 3rd, 1984, a 48, 48-year-old woman from Fremont, California... Um, some people believe this woman, uh, her name was Regina Young, um, that I couldn't find if that was actually true because that's that was attached to the ghost story that's going to come right after this. Um, she was from Fremont, California. Uh, she was decapitated when she was thrown from the Matterhorn bobsled car and then struck by the next oncoming bobsled.
3: Oh, geez. An
2: investigation found that her seatbelt was not buckled. It is unclear whether the victim deliberately... Unbuckled herself, or the seatbelt had malfunctioned, Mm. or they never buckled her in the beginning. Um, I always thought the Matterhorn was just. Now that's
1: why I think they check you. I remember
2: seat seat I remember there being seat belts, but they were they're
0: unbuckable. Um, I said uh, they have the seat
1: belts now, and before you take off, They, of course, they go through and they're like, pull on the yellow handle so that they check mm-hmm. that everybody is securely buckled before the ride actually takes off.
2: That's yeah. interesting. So yeah, somebody yeah. should have checked. Yeah. Um, so um, like I said, the lot of people believe her, her name was Regina Young, and she's known at the park as Dolly. Um, the cast members claim to Feel someone watching them during their routine walkthroughs of the ride, which are uh, conducted at the beginning and the end of the day. And the area where Young died is actually known as Dolly's Dip. Ooh. Uh, in August, nineteen sixty-seven, a sixteen-year-old boy from Hawthorne, California, was killed while jumping between two people mover cars as the ride was passing through a tunnel. He stumbled and oh, that's fell his onto fault. the <laughs> Right, yeah, exactly. He yeah. stumbled and fell onto the track where an oncoming train of cars crushed him beneath its wheels, oh, dragging geez. his body a few hundred feet before it was stopped by a ride operator. The attraction had only been open for a month at the
3: time. Oh. Uh
2: nineteen seventy-two, four teenage girls were riding the people mover when one lost her mouse ears cap. She and her cousin jumped onto the track to retreat. <gasps> realizing that they had got they had to get on a different people mover car. The first girl successfully got into a car, while the second girl ran through a tunnel and out the exit and then fell into a guardrail onto the concrete 30 feet below. Oh,
3: she broke an arm
2: pelvis, and she had to be placed in a body brace and have a pin inserted into her leg. She sued Disney for not providing any warnings about the exit. Uh, uh-huh. Maybe jump for your hat on that. A- uh, yeah. <laughs> on, a <laughs> on, a brand, on a brand new train, yeah. Yeah. Um, On June 7th, 1980, an 18-year-old guest was crushed and killed by the people mover while jumping between cars, just like that previous incident. Um, And it was, uh, the accident occurred as the ride entered the super speed tunnel, which was the same time that previous incident happened. Or sorry, similar as the one in uh, 1967. Uh, on June 20th, 1973, an 18 year old New York resident and his 10 year old brother stayed on Tom Sawyer's Island past closing time by hiding in an area that is off limits to guests. When they wanted to leave the island, they tried to swim across the river, though the younger boy, uh, the 10 year old, didn't know how to swim. The older boy attempted to carry his brother on his back and drowned halfway across. His oh body was God. found next to the younger brother was able to stay afloat by dog paddling until a ride op rescued him. A ride operator, sorry. Oh my God! Um, on June fourth, nineteen eighty-three, an eighteen-year-old man from Albuquerque, New Mexico—that's my hometown—drowned in the rivers of America. What is the rivers of America? Is that the one going that's, around? The that, 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 that that's that? where.
1: Yeah, that would the one that's surrounding uh, the Tom Sawyer Island. Okay.
2: Uh, drowned in the rivers of America while trying to pilot a rubber emergency boat from Tom Sawyer's Island um, that he and a friend had stolen from a restricted area of the island during Disneyland's grad night. I've heard Uh, so many stories about grad night at Disney. Um, Both individuals were intoxicated at the time of the incident. What? I know, uh, right. The victim's mother sued Disneyland for allowing her inebriated son onto the premises and the travel agency that had arranged the trip for not properly supervising the teenagers. Surprisingly, these lawsuits were unsuccessful. Yeah. Uh, in 1983, an 18-year-old man from Quartz Hill, California, fell off of Space Mountain and was paralyzed from the waist down. Uh, they they brought it to trial. A jury found Disneyland blameless. During the trial, the jury was actually taken to ride, taken to the park to ride Space Mountain, and several of the cars were actually brought into the courtroom to even demonstrate their use. This was to basically disprove the uh, the theory that he could have fallen off. So basically, he took his took his thing off. He was able.
1: Oh, to- okay, yeah. Uh,
2: on September twenty second, two thousand, a four year old boy fell out of the ride. Uh, vehicle on Roger Rabbit's cartoons. Yeah. wagged underneath the car causing serious internal injuries, cardiac arrest and brain damage. On October 7, 2000, Disneyland changed its emergency policy and began instructing ride operators to call 911 first instead of the Disney Security Center in order to speed emergency staff to any incident on park property, which was supposed to be implemented way back before. Yeah. (laughs) Um, records show that more than five minutes passed between the time the victim fell out of the ride vehicle and when emergency personnel were even contacted
0: that's a long time five yeah. minutes
2: while you're brain damaged like brain dead basically yeah. Yeah. yeah Disney spokesman claimed that the time the policy change in this incident were coincidental mm-hmm. the Investigation ending in December 2000 concluded that a lap bar had malfunctioned and the victim was placed in the wrong seat in the ride vehicle too close to the opening yeah he was four
1: yeah uh, you know yeah. I mean, like, that doesn't make sense why was he even
2: on the ride uh three months after the incident the permanent ride amusement branch of california's division of occupational safety instructed disney to install additional safety measures on the ride in january 2002 uh they settled with the family and disney was not required to accept home because they were they covered the cost of victims medical expenses and stuff, right? Um, the victor never fully recovered from his injuries and died January 6, 2019, age 13. On September 3, 1994, a 75-year-old man jumped, from his, uh, jumped to his death from the ninth floor balcony of the Disneyland Hotel. Uh, this was actually the first oh, wow. suicide known to be committed at. Committed mm-hmm. On July 1996, 23-year-old man fell to his death from the 13th floor of the Disneyland Hotel. He was not a guest of the hotel, just climbed over some balconies, apparently. On May 2nd, 2008, a 48-year-old man jumped from the fourth-story balcony of the Wonder Tower, uh, which is now Frontier Tower, like Frontier Hotel. Like the Wonder Tower doesn't exist anymore, now it's the Frontier Tower. Uh, and that's at the Disneyland Hotel, and he fell to his death in the parking lot. Um, sorry, one second. Um. Da-da-da. May 1964, um, Mark Maples, a 15-year-old from Long Beach, was killed when he tried to stand up on the Matterhorn bobsleds. Uh, Maples foolishly unbuckled his seatbelt and attempted to stand up as their bobsled near the peak of the mountain. Maples lost his balance and was thrown from the sled to the track below, fracturing his skull and ribs, causing him internal injuries, and he died three days later. June 1996, Thomas Guy Cleveland, a 19-year-old Northridge, California resident, was killed when he attempted to sneak into Disneyland along the monorail track. I've heard oh. of people. Mm. Um, yeah. the park's 16-foot-high outer fence on a grad night and climbed onto the monorail track, intending to jump or climb down inside the park. He ignored the security guards' warnings, and he finally was able to climb down onto a fiberglass canopy. Um, but the clearance wasn't enough, and the oncoming train uh, struck him and killed him, dragging his body for 40 feet down the track. Oof. Uh, um, which brings me to the monorail ghosts. A lot of people believe that Thomas Guy is still here. Um, these days they see him as a spectral figure, a light up, lit-up figure that can sometimes be spotted prowling around the monorail track. He apparently only appears at night, and whenever a tram comes, he just, um, or maybe it's just like the loop, like I always when we talk about paranormal events, you know, and people reliving the last loop mm-hmm. of their life, you know. That's yeah. what happens, you know? All right. So, so that's like all of the deaths, I, you know. I I kind of wanted to start with that because it's a little it's a little grim. Um, there's tons and tons of incidences and injuries and stuff. Like, I, there's no way I could list any of all of those in ten hours. Um, also who knows how much of it's actually reported. Um, but there are, there are definitely, um, a lot of, uh, ghosts supposedly seen in the park. Like I said, there's a lot of forms and stuff like that, but nobody really has much physical evidence. Um, however, there has been some physical evidence. Um, some of them are really interesting. Um, the first one I guess would be about a man named, or they, they call him, uh, uh, Mr. One Way. Uh, I've account? heard of him. Yeah. Um, this is a very popular one, I would say. Um, it's kind of an urban legend. Really, Nobody really knows where Mr. One Way came from. Um, some accounts describe Mr. One Way as a red-haired man with a red face. Other people say he's a red-haired child in, like, 70s clothing. Mm. Um, but everybody says he tends to hang out around Space Mountain or in the queue for Space Mountain. Yeah the red haired man or boy or whatever you, wherever you're seeing, I guess, uh, in some of these videos appears to be, um, sometimes in the queue line, but usually he'll be in the queue. And then when the, before the ride takes off, he'll appear in the ride or something. And some of I mean, it's, you know take it for how you see it i'll get, i'll send you guys the links you know after this but they you've probably seen them too i've seen one yeah, video yeah there, there's a few of them you know and they're pretty interesting you know yeah and they look like a flash you know and it's kind of, it's it's creepy um, another one and these are these are i mean more modern for me anyway um, another one was when a gentleman was testing out he was a, a ride he, would, he was a maintenance person for the tower of terror ride and there was a gentleman that appears behind him I've seen this video. I think it's like right before he drops. All of a sudden, there's like a flash, and you see a person sitting right behind him. Yeah, it's so that one's so good looking that it looks dark. Yeah, you know, but you know, I'm no Photoshop or anything, you know. So like, (laughs) I'm not gonna be like, oh, there's no way it's him, you know. Um, and then there's of course the, uh, um, actually no, before that, I'll I'll end with with the better one. Um there's also a a ghost named George who apparently haunts the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Um, most most people say that uh, he was I couldn't find any actual evidence of him, but the story is that George was a welder um, during the construction of um, Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. and he was working in the area which became like when when the city starts burning. You know if they're chasing that. I always think of that same part. of He's chasing the around. Um, yeah. But apparently, according to the story, he was crushed by a falling beam while welding. And people say there's a lot of different strange occurrences, but most people say that the strange occurrences happen when you deny George exists. So Ooh. people say that don't you know apparently people have been warned going on to the ride about George and then saying, don't say you don't believe in George because then the ride might stop, you know, oh. and then, like, apparently that's, like, a common thing. And when they check in, like, when the people, whoever's running the Pirates of the Caribbean for that day or closing it at night will say, good morning, George, and good night, George. At the end of the day. Oh. And that's apparently the way if they do that, he stays happy and the ride doesn't break down. Mm. Um, so remember that when you write Pirates of the Caribbean, if you want to go morning, to Morning, George. Yeah, morning, George. Goodbye, George. I believe in George. I don't know why he's British. But... I don't know either. <laughs> 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 um, there's also the guy named, or there's just been labeled as the boy in uh, the Haunted Mansion. Oh, I've oh, seen yes, that. In the mirror. Really? Yeah. Okay, awesome. This is a popular one, too. This is the first time I saw the picture. It was, It was, it was pretty cool. Um, but apparently that's a popular one. Um, some people believe it's from, uh, he was he was a boy that passed away and his mom scattered his ashes. Ashes, yeah. There. Which it's is a, pop, a common thing. Very popular thing, yeah. It's not yeah. something that Disney recommends, you know, in any way, but it's no, also... Oh,
1: they don't want dead
2: people ashes all over the park. Bring it yeah. I mean, it's just going to get vacuumed it's not like the haunted mansion is kept decrepit it's painted yeah exactly yeah uh, apparently he exists in both um he exists sometimes in both uh the Disneyland and disney world the, the Florida haunted mansion um, the some people say they've seen him as like sitting next to him in the ride like in the haunted mansion but or just taking photos in outside they'll they'll, they'll see a small child um like that was another one that i can't find a single picture besides that one i was like oh okay that's that's kind of interesting you know yeah but a lot of people have like you know pictures on these forums but anytime you get to it it's like that doesn't exist anymore um but yeah those are some of the cool uh ghost stories um that one of the Cooler evidence ones that I saw most recently, and I guess I kind of want to end with is uh, there was uh, security footage at. Um, I guess I'll kind of I'll, I'll kind of explain this a little bit. Uh, if you know anything about Disneyland, you know that there's an apartment above uh, fire the firehouse on Main Street at Disneyland. Oh yeah, that's that was exactly, where, yeah. and they have
0: the lantern that is supposed to be burning for Walt Disney. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, <laughs> during construction, of the park began uh, 1954 um night i'm sorry uh 1955 in july walt disney wanted to have a place on the property um and that's where he stayed was in that apartment it was very they they don't have an exact time when he didn't stay there though or even if it was just like a spot he stayed there for you know oh this is cool i can stay here while watching stuff get built you
0: know I know it just looks like you're about to drop that computer onto PJ. Oh no, I'm good. Oh no, um, he's holding it up with his fingertips right above oh, PJ. Okay, Sorry, okay, man. continue. <laughs>
2: um, so as a tribute to Walt after he passed away, the <clears> light in the apartment window is always <throat> open. Yeah. Um, this apparently wasn't always the case. Uh, it is said that one cast member, uh, actually tried uh, turning the light off before the end of the night, you know, and then leaving. And then apparently when they came back, the light came back on and a lot of people have gone through this uh, a lot. And now they just leave the light. On yeah. um, mm-hmm. But going from that, there's a, a cool link. I'll send you guys to, I mean, we'll be posting this on our Instagram as well. Um, but is the, there's a video footage of security footage of Disneyland and it seems like a spe- like a figure is walking from that apartment, and he walks throughout Disneyland, and he goes to like the I think he gets to like the water that the, the river, river, you know, yeah. and then that's where it ends. Sort of. I've seen that, yeah, yeah, you've seen it. it me. I
0: think,
1: yeah, I think I've seen one where it's like this. It's almost like half a man that walks kind of through one of the entrances, yeah, by the river, like one of the lights. Yeah. And then it disappears, yeah.
2: And the weird part of it is this is security footage from, like, four different cameras. Yeah. So Yeah. something is walking through there. Something's, you know, mm. making this effect yeah. happen on just this area. And uh, the big theory is that it's not Walt. They think it's Roy. They think it's his brother. Brother?
1: Oh. Okay.
2: Because yeah. he's he was sent to have wanted to take care of the place for his brother, you know. Yeah. But, I mean, that's the working theory. He just looks like a figure, you know, to me. But uh, I definitely wanted to end with that one because, yeah, maybe, maybe it is Walt, maybe it is Roy, but it's good to know that, like, even afterlife, you know, they're still kind of, I don't know, maybe taking care of the place, You know, maybe yeah. keeping the Disney name going. Yeah. Sorry, this turned into a two-hour episode, but uh, uh, you, no, two hours. <laughs> <a, that's laughs> true. Yeah, we, no,
0: that was great.
2: That was, that was a good all episode. really
0: yeah. interesting stuff. Uh, I feel like that was it's a good Disney.
2: episode.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, totally, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, let me finish it up, Lynn. Uh, All right. Well, that was an awesome episode. Thank you uh, for bringing all that wonderful information about Disneyland. Uh, thank you to all of our listeners. I believe next week is Murderous Women. We're going to be back with Jameson Ooh. next week. Uh, or will we, or yeah. will we <laughs> dun, dun,
1: dun. We'll get murdered by a, a murderous woman? Uh, yeah.
0: uh, so everyone, please like, share, subscribe, give us a five-star review. If you like us on Apple podcasts, we would love that. And um, we'd also love to hear from you. Uh, we would love for you to email us any ghost stories that you have, celebrity encounters, Disney stories of your own. Uh, you can email us at gmail at gmail.com, like it's supposed to come first. <laughs> at gmail.com slash, uh, oh, I'm tired. At Hollywood yeah. Haunted at gmail.com. Yeah. That's it. At <laughs> <laughs> gmail.com. Uh, if you like us, we do post videos on our Patreon. So check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash hh the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, and that is our episode for tonight. Everybody stay spooky and sleep well. <laughs>